Hello and welcome back to the Addicted Austinites, your one-stop podcast for all things Jane Austen. This week we are going to be continuing with Jane's biography and we are going to be looking at her last years in Steventon before she moves to Bath. When we last left Jane, she was in her teens and she was writing and finishing a collection that we call her Juvenalia, a collection of short stories and plays and poems uh, that she wrote as a juvenile. We join her now as she is starting to write the works that would become her novels. So, we are in Steventon, England. It is a nice day because why not? Jane is in her 20s and she's just written a lot of stories that her family really loved and they're really encouraging her talents as a writer. So, after her morning piano practice, Jane sits down at her desk and an idea comes to her. She has the idea of a novel written in letters between two sisters who could not be more different. One is very, very sensible, very level-headed. The other is more fantastical, should we say, a lot more emotional. Jane titles this work in progress, Eleanor and Marianne, and it is the work that would go on to become Sense and Sensibility. She tells her family about this work and they love it and really encourage her. And another novel pops into her mind. This one she calls First Impressions and it is a tale of the dangers of judging someone too quickly or somebody being far too proud for their own good. Uh, You've probably guessed it but this is the work that would become Pride and Prejudice. So her family all loved Sense and Sensibility but Pride and Prejudice, First Impressions, it is just something else and her family adore it so much so that her father George Austin he actually sends it away to a publisher because he's just so proud of what his daughter's done unfortunately it does get rejected and it's not until much later that Jane's works do get published so while all of this is going on Jane and her family are making holiday trips to the city of Bath They do also go on some holidays to Lyme Regis in Dorset, which will come into play later when Jane is writing Persuasion. But Bath, they visit quite a lot. Now, Bath is, at this time, it is the biggest leisure city outside of London. Um, It's very, very popular with the upper classes to go to, to show off their wealth and have a good time. It's basically... You know, London if you can't afford it. <laughs> and Jane visits because one of her brothers is staying there, so they visit him. And also her mother's family live in Bath. It's actually where George and Cassandra met. Um, so they go and visit them as well. Sadly, Jane didn't have the highest opinion of that family, but um, they go and visit nonetheless. Now, Bath is a treasure trove for Jane. It is so full of people that she can take and turn into characters in her novels. It's 
the the upper classes and the silly that she loves to lampoon so much and this gives her the idea for Susan not Lady Susan the novel uh, the epistolary one that she already written but another new novel now Susan is the tale of a young girl who loves reading novels and she goes to Bath and expects all these wonderful gothic delights only to be turned down at every instance. Everything that she thinks is going to be something gothic turns out to be plain normal. And if that sounds familiar, that's because it is. This is the novel that would become Northanger Abbey. So, Jane is very, very busy. She's got three novels on the go, but it's also at this point in her life that Jane embarks on one of the most controversial acquaintances of her life. Um, if you remember all the way back to my episode Unbecoming Jane, which was the biography Becoming Jane, the film, which focused on her relationship with a man called Tom Lefroy. You'll remember my opinions about that relationship. Um, if you haven't listened to it already, I suggest going back and listening to it. Of course I would. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting relationship that has been given a lot of study over the years. Now, for a lot of people, Tom Lefroy is the inspiration for Mr. Darcy, the character in Pride and Prejudice. For others, myself included, um, it wasn't, he wasn't really that important. Now, Tom Lefroy was the nephew of one of Jane's friends, Mrs. Lefroy, that she lived very close to, and he visited his aunt uh, one summer and they visited the Austins together. Now, we don't know exactly what happened. A lot of people say that Jane fell in love with Tom, that she did base Mr Darcy on him. Like I said, it's been, there's been a lot of study about this. Um, but basically, they made friends. She wrote a little bit about him in a letter to her sister that perhaps hinted at something more than friendship they did dance and sit down together as she says um, and this might have been the first romance of Jane's life. Now I am absolutely sure that we're never going to know exactly what happened between Jane and Tom and I invite you to draw your own conclusions. Um, if you have a read around you can get both sides of the story and uh, I'm not going to go into the whole debate here. Um, go back and listen to Unbecoming Jane for that but I'm mentioning it to put it in its place in her life. So she is early 20s and, and this is when this happens. There's also another very important relationship that takes place at this time. Jane's sister Cassandra becomes engaged to a young man called Thomas Fowell. She absolutely adores him, he adores her, but unfortunately he doesn't have a lot of money. So he decides that he's going to go to the West Indies with the army and make enough money and then come back and marry Cassandra. Unfortunately, Tom dies while he's in the West Indies. And this is really important to the story of Jane's life 
because when this happens, her sister Cassandra declares that she is going to be a spinster from now on. You know, she's only early mid twenties, and she has become a spinster. She is never going to get married, and this is important because this means that she is going to spend all of her time with Jane. Jane never gets married either, so they follow their parents around and they stay together and it really creates this wonderful bond between them they really do become the most important people to each other so jane has embarked on her career as a writer she has had a friendship at least with a man that may have influenced her novels and she has lost a potential brother-in-law You'd think that would be enough life-changing events for a young woman, but fate has something else in store for Jane Austen. We are now in 1800. It is a new century, a new world. It's very fun and exciting, the promise of things to come. But we find Jane, apparently, on a fainting couch. She has just been told some life-changing news and apparently according to some of her family she fainted upon hearing it. So what is this disastrous news that would make Jane faint? Well her father George has retired from the church and he has chosen where he wants to spend his retirement and little hint he doesn't want to spend it in Steventon. Instead George Austin announces that he is going to be moving his family to Bath. And that is where we will join Jane next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Addicted Austinite. I really hope you've enjoyed it. Um, if you did, like it and comment and review and all those other things I tell you to do every week. Um, I really do love to hear your opinions on, on the podcast i do hope that you join me next week for jane's life in bath but until then uh thank you for listening and as ever happy reading your faithful servant the author <laughs>